Welcome to the Footy Stands Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Footy Stands Podcast. And I'm your host, Ovo. And this week, we're going to continue our European review. And um, today, I have a very good lineup with me. First time on the podcast. I've wanted him to be on the podcast for, for a long time. Ibuka, Ibuka, how are you doing? Yeah, Ovo, I'm fine. Um, I've also been pushing to be on this pod for a while now. Uh, you guys are doing great stuff. You're doing great stuff, Ovo. And I'm always listening to, you know, everything that you put out. I'm just really happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Ebuka is also a co-host for uh, the MC Stands podcast. So that will be in the link in the, in the description. So you better check that out. And one of my best friends, I've been following him for a while on Twitter, for a long time. Actually, since I, since I joined Twitter, I've been following him. Twile, Twile, how are you doing? Good, my man. How are you, bro? How's everyone? I'm glad um, to be here. Delight, to be here. Yeah, I'm good, man. Not so good that Real Madrid beat Liverpool, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> no problem, man. The game is the game, isn't it? <laughs> okay, then um, normal um, regular um, people on the podcast, Jeffrey and Kenny. How you guys doing? I'm crying. You see the intro you, the you gave yeah. everyone. I saw your, I father, said, your, fa- your father is the one that is regular. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Um, let's go. Let's go straight to it. Chelsea versus Porto, and Ibuka is our Chelsea correspondent. So, uh, how are you feeling right now about Chelsea, Ibuka? You guys just beat Man City in the FA Cup semi-final. Um, I see you on Twitter. You're always talking about. I'm so confident. Well, we're winning our second. <laughs> bro, that thing is so annoying. And I'm like, bro, just shut the yeah. fuck up. And do you know? I'm just going to say right now, yeah. When you guys lose, oh my god. Bro, you have to block me. I don't think we'll be friends again. Huh? So let me just tell you right now. So yeah. So well, first of all, how are you feeling about um the tie with Real Madrid? And um, are you confident about winning Champions League this season? Okay, so I'm very confident. And yes, I know that I, I tweet a lot of weird stuff about the UCL uh, campaign, but it's it's not in our hands. So I'm coming here to say that. We are winning it because it's destiny. There's really nothing we can do about it. Like, this is something that is written in the stars. It's going to happen. Chelsea will be UCL champions in 2021. I can't do anything about it. Tuku can't do anything about it. The players can't do anything about it. It's just going to happen. So I'm sorry, Ovo, if my tweets, <laughs> if my tweets are pissing you off. I are waiting for me, but it's not going to happen because the team is going to win the UCL. Bro, do you know that yesterday, yeah? You know, you were mm. saying that um, this season is reminding you of 2012. And in yeah. 2012, you guys won the FA Cup. I think you did. FA Cup and Champions League. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yesterday, I was actually waiting for Massachusetts to take Chelsea to Asgard. <laughs> but they just didn't turn up. And, and I was like, what the fuck? This guy will be tweeted. And immediately I logged on Twitter, I just saw your, your tweet. Like, it's destiny. It's destiny. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? No, but there's, there's nothing we can do about it. Like, okay, the, the second leg against Porto, I think people had different expectations. Um, I know that some people expected Chelsea to win comfortably. But, you know, the most important thing is to get through. You have a two-goal advantage. You don't need to be crazy, trying to look for more goals. Keep it tight. Take what you have. Get to the next round, which is what the team did. Uh, we didn't win, but it was a professional performance from everyone involved. And it's it's really good to see that for the first time in, what, eight years, we are going to be in the UCL semi-final. So it's a good one. Okay, but um, let me try and play devil's advocate here. Watching Chelsea, yeah, I'm not really impressed with them. I feel like their style of play depends on how bad the other team performs. Like, if another team misses chances or just didn't turn up, that's when Chelsea win. And they don't even win convincingly. It's like one nil, smash and grab, that kind of stuff. And looking from the outside in, I'm not really impressed with uh, that kind of play. But at the same time, it is getting results. I think you guys have had one L under um, Thomas Tuchel. So, uh, what do you say to that? So, um, yes, the football isn't eye-catching at the moment. But when you say things like um, what kind of hoping that the other team doesn't turn up. When it, when it happens consistently, then you know that that's kind of how we are playing. We are making sure that the other team does not turn up. Same with uh, Man City in the FA Cup. We made sure that they did not turn up. And that's just how we do it. Yes, the attack is somewhere that we need um, a lot more from the players that are there. We don't score enough. 
and that's really down to the attackers. They need to do better. But the good thing is we can count on the defense. For the first time in two years, Chelsea can actually count on the defense to be reasonable. And it's new to everyone. It's new to the players, new to the fans. And we're enjoying this. We know that if we go into a game and we're struggling to create chances, we're struggling to score, we can count on the guys at the back and say, if we get one goal, please keep it tight. Let's take this um, let's take this victory home. And we've been doing that. Yes, there have been one or two setbacks. It's expected. You can't win all your games. But there are very good signs so far. And we just know that this season is going to end very well for us. Okay, so does anyone in the floor have anything to say about Chelsea so far? I don't know how my man is calling that destination. That's what that's where I'll start from. Because <laughs> like yes, when since Suka was coming, Chelsea has been a more defensively solid unit, yeah. But you can't keep nicking like if teams don't score goals, they don't win. Do this reminiscent of old Chelsea sides because yes, they'll defend, 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 and maybe nick a goal here and there. But you actually don't know where your goals are coming from. Like okay, who is your who is your certified goal scorer? Because at least old Chelsea teams, you knew that um, that second striker from midfield was there. You knew that um, um, Drogba was there as well. So who who is your certified goal scorer now? So the good thing is, this is another reason why it's destiny. In 2012, we did not have anyone that we could really count on for goals. Drogba came up clutch in the Champions League. But in domestic competitions, he wasn't really scoring that much. Fernando Torres was, we all know what happened to Fernando Torres anyway. So it's, it's a shared responsibility. The whole team has to contribute. We're not looking at one player to say, yeah, the one that's going to score today. It's everyone in this team has to contribute. Everyone has to score. So if you look at all these similarities, you know, it, it's just clear that it's going to happen. There's nothing we can do about it. It is going to happen. This is our year. So no tactics, just vibes. Destiny and vibes. vibes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for this thing to crumble. It might not even be this season, but next season, remember, the first season in Prem is not the season that matters, it's the season that comes after. So we'll see. All right, all right. So uh, let's keep it pushing. Let's go to the next match, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. And as a Liverpool fan, the first leg, you know, we already laid our bed. And um, we lost 3-1. Vinicius became Cristiano Ronaldo for the day and uh, scored a brace against us. And um, Asensio got the other one. We tried to run it back at um, Anfield again. But yeah, it's not just the same without the fans and everything. And we missed a lot of chances. But I have to say that Real Madrid actually defended well, Militao and Nacho. You know, people were saying, oh, Varane is out, Ramos is out, blah, blah, blah. But bro, Nacho is an international, Spanish international defender. And I wanted Militao on, in Liverpool this January because we didn't have any defenders and I wanted us to sign him alone. So I don't know why Liverpool fans were so confident that Madrid would be shit because they lost two defenders. They are two, two great players on the bench. But at the same time, Madrid going into the game, they were in very good form despite having a lot of injuries. So I the Yaron Madrid correspondent there. How are you feeling about Madrid? And But first of all, how do you feel about the tie and everything? Well, first of all, I have to say commiserations, my brother. I, as you know, um, I mean, how do Real Madrid fan? But it, if I was to say a team I love the most, especially the England, because I mean, everyone tends to have one team or something in England, it's Liverpool. So, yeah, Liverpool is kind of my own. So, yeah, I have to say commiserations for the exit, and I hope Liverpool make Champions League football. Champions League is not going to be the same without Liverpool next season if you guys don't make it. So, yeah, you yeah, go yeah. get that fourth spot. <laughs> About the tie, well, I mean, heading into the tie, I'm a Real Madrid fan. Like I've, I've been there, done it. I've done it in my lifetime. I've been to six, seen, I've seen six Champions League finals. I won all six of them. So, I kind of you, you just have this feeling when you know when, okay, we're shit this year, so we're probably going to get beat. During the three-pitch run, there were t- like especially the second and third year, I felt, okay, nothing. But this year, oh, Liverpool, okay, I was like, the idea was initially before the tie was, 
avoid Bayern Munich at all costs. Any other thing can probably handle that, but avoid Bayern at all costs. So go Liverpool, like, okay. Liverpool, no Van Dijk, no Gomez injuries. So, I mean, it's 50-50 because we have our own problems. We've had 52 injuries this season. I mean, between the, the second leg and today, we have Valverde and Mendy out already. So literally today, our game against Hetafe today is going to be, God help us. Anyways, um, so yeah, we'll play, we'll play Liverpool at the Alfred Stefano, according to Mr. Klopp, the training ground. And and Tony Cruz and Luka Modric just decided to turn up and roll, roll back the years. And that was enough for us on the ninth. Vinicius, like you said, lovely performance on the ninth as well. Classic 3-1. And fast forward to Anfield. I mean, before Anfield, we had the classical, which I have to mention this, obviously, would be Barcelona again. And so those are two massive games which we had to win and which we won. Classic Zidane, Real Madrid, win matches we need to win. And so Anfield was just about keeping the match professional, keeping it good. I mean, obviously, we'll come out to say we want to win the game, but we know that the idea was avoid Liverpool scoring. Fair enough, we gave away chances, which, like, the most Salah chance, the one Courtois saves with the leg. If that, if that went in, it's a totally different game from there on. So we managed the game with... Personally, I was disappointed with the performance from a Real Madrid perspective, but I also understood that, yeah, um, the players have had... A hell of the last couple of two, three weeks, and they've given their all. They're on their last legs, literally. So I was like, fair enough for the performance. Fast forward to Chelsea now in quarterfinals. Wait, sorry, before you go to Chelsea, yeah, before you go to Chelsea, I just want to ask you a few things. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, first of all, you can't really blame the players because, like you said, you guys have had so many injuries and they really put yeah. in shift. From a Liverpool perspective, yeah. When I saw the way Real Madrid defended, especially how Liverpool just kept on attacking, Trent was incredible in my opinion. But you guys defended so deep, it was so you didn't let anything down. Oh, don't Casemiro don't get incredible. me wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was about to say that. Don't get me wrong, Cas. Oh my God, Madre mia, Casemiro was <laughs> monstrous. Casemiro was monstrous. And if I, Casemiro and Luka Modric, especially in that first half, yeah, Modric wasn't necessarily doing anything. I remember a particular incident where. He was literally just marking space. So I think what the Henders, I'm sorry, um, Robertson, no, Robertson, and I can't remember, Milner were trying to pass it like around him. And he just marked space. And I think Robertson gave the ball and kicked it out for uh, touchline for throwing. And Zizou just applauded. And me, I was like, yeah, I see why Zizou applauded because he literally didn't touch the ball. But you could see he marked space and got Robertson to pr- put the ball out of touch. So like, okay, yeah, like, they were incredible. Those were the two performers and Thibaut Courtois to yeah. But like you said, I understand the players at Tyler. I understand they've given their all. So we just need a break at one point. But the match is just still keep coming, bro. One at a time. That's how we'll take it. Okay, so what do you say to people that doubt Zidane? Because for some reason, even though he has won a lot of trophies, I think he has won more trophies than he has spent years in Real Madrid. People don't really put him up there among like the top upper echelon of managers in world football right now. Why do you think that is? Because if Pep Guardiola won three UCLs in a row, all these like Barcelona acolytes won't let us rest because they'll call him the greatest thing to slice bread. So why don't why doesn't um, Zidane get um, all the credit he deserves? I know people say it's because of Ronaldo, but you can't just win just because of Ronaldo. I feel like the team. The team has to be set up some kind of way, and um, other players have to contribute. Zizou is criticized because he's not Pep Guardiola that has oh, the tiki taka style of play, Cruyff. It's not Jurgen Klopp that has the pressing, heavy metal type of football. It's not Diego Simeone who has this. You know, Diego Simeone, I don't need to tell you about Simeone, or who's Jose Mourinho. So it's Kind of because he doesn't have a particular style of particular style of play. I think that's a factor. Then you so happen to have the greatest goal scorer of my lifetime, of ever probably Cristiano Ronaldo. No disrespect to Leo Messi, but yeah, <laughs> no disrespect to Leo Messi, but I said what I said. Anyways. Um, so I think that was another factor. So people were like, oh, Cristiano, Cristiano carried Real Madrid. But at the end of the day, you, you have to remember, 
Cristiano had to recruit Luka Modric and Casemiro, one of the greatest midfield trios of all time. Post Cristiano, these guys are still delivering. You had Marcelo, who was arguably one of the greatest left backs of all time, at his peak of his powers. Then you had Sergio Ramos, Rafael Varane, Danny Carvajal, who was probably top three in the position at the time. So he had a really good team, but yeah, we just found we had. We could give you different styles of football if you wanted it. We could give you on the counter if you wanted that. We could play passing game if you wanted that. We could give you that hold and manage type of football. We literally had various styles. Like Ibuka mentioned about how Chelsea have, um, they don't have a particular style right now, but they just find a way to win. That's what Real Madrid were about then. We just found, okay, we know this opponent, they will probably struggle with the counter attacking. So we we'll just sit back, allow them to have the ball, we'll counter them. The next game, very next game, you can see us pass, knocking the ball about. And don't forget, at the end of the day, technique, technical ability is a very, very valid aspect of football. And all these players, Casemiro was probably the least technical player on that team. And Casemiro is very comfortable in the ball. So that tells you a lot about the um, level of technical ability on that team. So we could knock the ball around and keep it, just mess with you essentially if we wanted to do that on a certain given day. But people took that oh Zidane was lucky, blessed with his players. Then obviously the three pits Zidane ended and Cristiano left. Zizu left since somehow Madrid were in Tatars, probably the worst season of I don't know, probably 18, 19 was probably the worst Real Madrid season in memory I can think of on top of my head. Okay, so uh, let's move on to the to the next uh semi-final, the next quarterfinal. That was PSG versus Bayern Munich. This was the standout um, draw in the quarterfinal. So, Kenny, Bayern Munich lost. Uh, what do you think about the game? Uh, well, I mean, before the game started, like we predicted that it was going to be an open game. You know, we a lot of us had like comments and you know opinions on the game, and most of us were actually right. But a few things we didn't predict it was, <laughs> you know, Lewandowski getting injured, and you know some few key players also getting injured. So I feel like that really played a big part in you know the eventual outcome of the game. But I don't know. I still kind of, how do I put this now? I respected the way Bayern played because we knew that we lacked these players. I think we had Gnabry out, Goretzka out, you know, Lewandowski as well out. And these are key players, you know, the team and Sully as well, Nicolas Sully as well. So, do you think that yeah, if Lewandowski, Lewandowski played, you guys would have won? I'm getting the 100% we're, we're going to win that uh, if Why? Because if you look at the way PSG set up in the first game, yeah, again, Mbappé scored two goals and Neymar played really well in the first leg. But if you look at the performance in the first leg, if there were the number of chances that, you know, the, the players missed, at the number of chances that were created, if Lewandowski was on that pitch. Lewandowski, yeah, sometimes, I mean, every striker is wasteful, but Lewandowski will be more clinical. And this season, especially, he has been, I think he's been the most consistent player this season. So if Lewandowski was on that pitch, at least, the first leg, at least two goals. Definitely at least two goals. The number of chances we created, the number of chances, I mean, Bayern Munich missed. Because I feel in the first leg, we had over 30 shots, you know. The keeper made 10 saves in the box, Kaylon Alvarez. And I remember before the game started, I was talking to a friend of mine and I told him that if there's anybody that's going to, you know, have an amazing game in this match, it's going to be Kaylon Alvarez. And he just proved me right. Like he came up big for them. So kudos to him. Kudos to Mbappe as well. I personally did not feel like, in the first leg especially, I personally did not feel like Mbappe had a great game. He scored. Don't get interested. He scored. But I don't feel like he, you know, had more... It, just, it was just, like, impactful, basically. It was just really impactful and really clinical. So, 
Yeah, Neymar, on the other hand, was amazing in the first leg. It was also amazing in the second leg, you know. But I still see that now the the better team lost. And nah, I feel like anybody bro, can watch. Bro, I don't think you can hold say up. that because... Hold up. Okay, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I feel like the better team lost because if you look at the way we play in those games, I mean, I literally dominated them in the first leg and in the second leg as well. And I won the second leg. The, the second leg, so I don't think... I don't think PSG... I don't think Bayern played better than PSG in the second leg. PSG could have been 3 yeah, in the first half. Easy. And in the first leg, in the first leg, I could have been seven 0 up. That's so, not true. But PSG had the better chances in the in the first leg as well. Maybe in the first twenty minutes. After that, no. After wait, that, no. Okay, wait. Um, let's get a second perspective. Um, Ibuka, what do you think about PSG Bayern? Like over two legs, who do you think deserves to win? Well. Um, I think the arguments always be about chances created, shots, and all that. Yeah, but so, see, yeah, wait. Yes. Before, before you continue, before you continue. Oh, 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 wait, wait, chill let first. No, wait, wait, wait. I have to say something. <laughs> Just real quick. Chances mm. created, yeah? Yes, it's good. Every statistic is useful, but you need to put mm-hmm. them in proper context in relation to the flow of the game. And PSG's chances, in my opinion, and if you actually watch the flipping game, we're more impactful than in Bam's perspective. I don't care what you want to tell me about any XG or anything. I, I don't believe in that status. So, real talk. Who the hell are you talking about? Okay, so, Ooh, so Ubu. Ubu. okay, okay, Ebuka, continue, Ebuka, continue. Yeah, so so for me, it's always tricky. I don't want to, I don't like to talk about the team that deserves to win. I'd like to focus on the team that actually made it true because um I think Kendi's argument is about shots, um, chances created and all that. And if if we go by that, yes. Bayern, ha- Bayern outshot uh, PSG in both legs mm-hmm. and all that. And they had more possession in both legs. But I'm just going to focus on the team that won, which was PSG. Uh, PSG has some very good chances on the counter, which they took. And um, in the second leg especially, uh, Neymar was the player of the week in Champions League, but he should have scored you know, two or three goals in that game. And when you talk about... The, um, Kane, when you talk about... Um, creating chances, scoring goals, and all that. If PSG took their chances in the second leg, then it would have been a different result too. So it's very difficult to really see who should have won. But I think it's just congrats to PSG for actually winning. Okay, um, Jeffrey, what about you? Um, the chances PSG created were way more impactful than whatever Bayern created. Like, see the way I, I mentioned that. Man. I mentioned that. I no, 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 no. That. I understand I, I mentioned it, but I understand, I understand, but here this, uh, Neymar licked the post one time from the shot that he made out of nowhere. Um, he missed, um, um, Neuer pulled out some fantastic saves. And so for Martin, he hit the post in the first leg as well, like, uh, keep getting we're, not, uh, we're not talking about the first leg, we're talking about the second leg, though. but, um, but, um, this one, uh, not third one. Yes. So um, the chances that PSG made were a lot more dangerous than Bayern's chances. Bayern's chances, a lot of them were like half chances. Exactly. Because um, PSG had like in had chances that like any other game they would have scored this. Because um, by half time, everyone was slating them like, hey, "Yo, what are you doing? You should have had two goals by now." Yeah. So like overall, yeah. I would say um, PSG should have deservedly went through because the first leg where they were stitching on the counter and Bayern were inefficient. The second leg, they were wasteful um, and you were the efficient team because that first half, between God and man, you know that you should not come, come out ahead that first half, but you did. So it was a tale of two, it was a tale of two matches and you can't say the, the, the better team was because... Like they were about well, even and well, well, like I said, obviously it's my opinion and definitely because I'll be I'll be biased a bit because obviously it's my team. I I support the team and all that. Yeah, but you know, I feel like you know everybody has their opinion on the game and everybody can say that oh this team was clinical, this team was more impactful and all that. Yeah. And I agree with that to an extent. 
Well, you can't tell me that you watched that game or the two legs and tell me that, oh, this side was the better side or this, oh, um, at PSG was the better side. I personally feel like Bayern was the better side and due to, obviously, a lack of finisher, proper finisher, we weren't able to go through. I mean, I played without Lewandowski and I lost on the labels to a PSG side that is, you know, supposedly fair right. So, I mean, they had moments in the game where I feel like they, they were better, like clearly. And that's obviously due to the style of play by play. They were better because they had like some chances that would have you know. But Bayern will be Bayern. Bayern will always play like that. No matter the team they are coming up against, Bayern will always play that kind of football. So that's why I said, I don't believe that Mbappe scored two goals, but I don't believe he really had like an amazing team. I feel like it was just impactful in the game. It was just impactful. And after the first half, especially, they died down, basically. They lit- I literally, there, was, there were periods in the game I was playing them half pitch. Like, I literally was playing them half pitch. They couldn't get past, you know, the midfield. And the same way, it was in second leg, exactly. In the first leg, Goretzka could have scored. Mula could have scored. Chupomotink could have scored. Do you understand? Because you keep mentioning, oh, when Neymar could have scored the chance that he had, that he hit the bar and all that. And yeah. But there are moments like that that Bayern had to. Mula could have scored. Goretzka could have easily scored. Chupo should have scored two or three. He had chances like that. So I don't understand what you, what you mean by they controlled the game. They did not control the game. They yeah, just had moments. Yeah, ben, um, is it hyperboral? I don't think you can. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what yeah, I'm going to say is you keep mentioning how Lewandowski was missing. PSG were missing Verratti and Marquinhos got injured in their first leg. So their best central midfielder and their first race starting CB were both missing. But somehow it's only a team that has injuries. Now, also, relax. Hold on. I, just relax. Brother, can I speak, please? Hold on. No, I want, I want you to put it into context. Listen. Um, ah, ah, yes. First leg, I'll give you that. Bayern, to a dominance, yeah? Like, I can't say anything about the first leg because you had that one, you had that one on lock. You did everything right in the first leg except put the ball in the nuts. The second leg, yes, I can, I can, I can recall more than eight occasions here that um, Mbappe and Neymar had your defense shaking, yes? And it's just because the attack broke down in the last minutes that, that a goal didn't come from it. It's not just that, oh, they shot and they missed. It's that, oh, maybe the pass went away. Exactly. Maybe um, Lucas, Lucas Hernandez. Yeah. The, second, the second leg, they had your number. Exactly. Then you saying um, after the first half that the second half, they died down and everything. After the first half, when um, you got a goal from nowhere, they're not like, hey, yo, we can mm-hmm. lose this side. Then what, what did they do? They entered game management mode. Why? Because they had the advantage. That's what happened. It's not that uh, all of a sudden you start playing extremely well or anything. They let you have the ball. They let you do all that. You played right into their hands. Same way in the second leg of the Liverpool and Madrid tie. Um, Madrid let Liverpool do what Liverpool wanted to do because they were in the dominant position. When when you're on top, you can you can let wherever you want to. Do happen because you know you have your safety nets, and that's exactly what happened in the Liverpool in the PSG Bayern game. Yeah, I feel like if um, PSG needed to go out to the second half, bro, it would have been peak. But um, Twali, what do you think about the PSG versus Bayern Munich game? Well, it was pretty entertaining for over both legs. I feel, especially in the first leg, I feel Bayern dominated. You, you know, one of them games where. Credit to PSG, they had the game plan. Like, the compact, like, essentially, like, I don't know, is it 6 2 or how did that go? But they had Neymar and Mbappe with Di Maria and Josie Draxler for the first day, who just run down channels, hit Bayern on the counter. It reminded me of that um, Atletico v Bayern from 
it was in quarterfinals, if I'm not mistaken, or the semifinals actually, where Atletico essentially did the same thing, hit Bayern on the counter. So yeah, but this was more, much more devastating, obviously with Kylian Mbappe and Neymar. So again, but if Bayern had, I mean, it's football, we don't have time for ifs and buts. But I feel if Lewandowski, just Robert Lewandowski, they would have buried some of those chances. Come on, Bayern had so many chances in that game. Kylian Navas had an incredible, he ran it back to the Real Madrid 3 PTS because what a performance in the first leg. Fast forward the second leg and PSG again, PSG just knew what they had to do the second leg. Essentially copy the same because Bayern needed to come and score at least two goals. So PSG knew that the Bayern would hit them, would press high, give them that high line to space in behind. And second leg, I would say Bayern were actually less effective or created less. It felt less deadly than the first leg, so to speak. They didn't really, there was no real, yes, they had the ball at many occasions, but they were creating half chances, yeah. No real clear chances. Then you had Neymar on the other side who was, oh my God, Neymar was sensational. Like, I remember the one, was it one from, was it from a short corner where he, he sent Kuman, he sent Kuman for a hot dog, then he shipped his, shipped himself for that crawler and he did but Noya, he just left Noya like flat-footed. And I was like, oh, I needed that to go in so bad because that would have been one for the ages. It had such a good game. So, like, PSG did what they had to do in the second leg. Again, like I said, the results business. They lost one year on the ninth, but no one's going to remember that day if they win the Champions League. It's irrelevant. It's significant. They knew that by just had to prevent Bayern from scoring two goals, two clear goals, and they did their job. So, decent game for the neutral. And... Yeah, I think it sets up a nice, another potentially decent semi-final with Manchester City. So, okay, yeah, um, Kenny, good. Kenny, I want you to have the final say on this uh, Bayern versus PSG game. So, why do you think um Bayern deserved to win? Uh, like I said earlier, Bayern deserved to win because with the kind of performance I put in. And the lack of players that I had, I mean, Jeffrey mentioned the lack variety and nothing. Yeah, integral part of your team. I agree. Integral part, but Lewandowski literally gives me like what sixty percent, almost sixty percent of the goals I score in the season. And you don't have that coming up against a team like PSG, and you still play that well, create that number of chances. And you're telling me that oh, we did not deserve to win that game. Or no, 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 let me rephrase. We, you know, weren't the better team on the day than, uh, well, I, I, I don't know what to tell you then. Because like I said, if Lewandowski was in the tie, different game, entirely different. Okay, so uh, let's keep it pushing to the next quarterfinal game. Dortmund versus Manchester City. And I feel like not enough people are talking about this tie because I feel Dortmund were robbed in a way because in the first leg, a very good goal by Jude Bellingham cancelled out. And the second leg, I personally don't feel that that was a penalty on, um, what's his name, Emery Chan. So what do you guys think about um, that tie? Anybody can jump in. And... Okay, I think for the first leg between Man City and Dortmund, I actually, because Dortmund have been, they've not been that good really in German league. I tried to follow them because I feel they have really exciting youngsters apart from Holland, Sancho, Benligam. So I try and see as much Dortmund ball as possible. But um, so I suppose Man City actually blew them away. Not blew them away, but like say a 3 1, 4, probably 4. I mean, but it was actually a much tighter game. Like you said, that Bellingham goal should have, should have stood. And so in the second leg, I actually thought, like no one was speaking about it, much, but secretly I was like, okay, Dortmund could actually do something here. I mean, why not? Dortmund, they could run it back to them in the 2012-2013 era. And surprise, surprise, they hit them first, Bellingham. I think they had a like, good chance, really good chance. But from then on, City really controlled it. The penalty that 
the God work. I mean, the pen is a pen. We're not going to change that, but that's, I mean, on another day, another ref could have given that differently. And they scored down from there. Well, Dalton didn't really pose a threat, to be fair. I think from then on, we all knew City were going to post it, which they did. So, yeah, that's all okay. I have to say about that time. Okay, um, we don't have any Manchester fan here, but um, Jeffrey, you're a big fan of Pep Guardiola. Um, he has finally, you know, crossed the quarterfinal stage. Congrats to him. Well, do you think they can go the next step and win the semifinal? They are going out. They are going straight out. PSG is going to fuck that thing. Why are they going straight out? Um, if you've been following City games recently, you see that they are entering a patch where they are starting to struggle from the Prem to the Champions League, even the FA Cup that you watched um, yesterday. And a key component of their struggle is the manager himself by um, tinkering as he does. So because of the threat that PSG has, because that's that's like is absolutely ridiculous. So because of the threat, I can already see him um, trying to execute a plan he's, he's, he's not tried before. And going off everything we are going to see, Walker or Cancelo or whoever wants to play at right back versus Mbappe is going to be a scary sight. And if it's the same Neymar that we got against Bayern, there's, there's, there's really no hope. There's re- there's re- there's really no hope, none whatsoever. Uh, so I don't particularly I don't think it's going to be um like a, as good a game as everyone thinks it's going to be. I think it's going to be a very very cagey fixture because we've seen Pep before. Um, he's learned his lesson from Liverpool because before he always used to try to do his whole tiki taka um um push um, high line, do all of that. But in recent years against Liverpool, he's learned to take a more, not conservative, but more measured approach in his games. Like, yes, they still retain the ball, they still do all that nonsense, but it's like, they he, it's going to be a lot less gung-ho. And I believe that um, PSG will play the exact same way they tried to play against Bayern. Soak up the pressure and any chance you get, um, attack and make it count. So, of the strengths of that, I believe PSG will be more clinical than City, and I believe they'll be ruthless. So, I don't think Pep is going to go through. Shout out to him for making it to the semis, though, but it's unfortunate that he's deciding with when City is going through a bad run of form. But hold on, hold on. Let, let's flip it. Let's flip it a bit. Like PSG and Neymar and Mbappe, yeah. I mm. feel like they had, you know, a wonderful game because Bayern literally played to their strength. Like, we gave them the kind of game that they would thrive and like, literally. And I personally, I don't know, I'm not saying Pep would win, but I personally do not feel like Pep is going to, you know, play right into their hands. I feel like, like you said, it's going to be a KG affair, obviously. But... If Ruben Diaz and whoever he pairs him with, you know, can replicate the form they've had, you know, in the last six, seven weeks, I mean, if they can replicate that, then I feel like Mbappe and Neymar might not have as much, you know, opportunity as they had against Bayern. So it's it's a match to look out for, really. But I don't know. I really don't know. Um, okay, go ahead, Jeffrey. Yeah, so this is the thing for me. It's like City will always dominate possession. Um, like regardless of how they want to play, they'll typically hold the ball more. Yeah, and they'll typically get chances. Here lies the issue. If the attack breaks down at any point, it wraps. If the attack breaks down at any point, because remember City of old, how the teams used to get them. Um, um, they dominate the ball, you, you'd stay as compact as possible. And against Bayern, we saw that PSG have the, have the solidity, have the mentality to remain as compact as they can and do everything they can to weather the storm. 
if they do weather the storm, eventually the players that are attacking um, might get complacent. There might be lapses in concentration, and then the spring, the trap is sprung. So it's it's that type of game that I foresee, and that is what I worry about. And now let's let's even forget about the um, springing the trap and everything. The technical quality that um, that that PSG possess is 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 not. Neymar can make anything out of nothing. He can make something out of nothing. So even if your team is well positioned, well structured, and everything, when you have a maverick, when you are playing against the maverick, he will he can destabilize your defense. He can destabilize your whole structure. And then when you now have the speed demon that is Mbappe. Anything like that, it's, it's like for City to go through, they have to play perfect. For PSG to go through, they have to be, they have to be, um, what's the word? They have to be, uh, uh, it's not clean. oh boy, I'm so, sorry, English is not really working today. They have to be, um, they have to be ready. Yeah, let's just ready. So, um, so for for PSG to go through, they just have to be to be there at the right place at the right time, and that's all they need for City to be, and City. All it takes is the a move to break down in the wrong place, and PSG will be on them in five seconds. So yeah, that's why I don't fancy Man City chances. If they do go through, though, um, they will be my favorites to win the competition then. All right, all right, all right. So um, before we go to the predictions and everything, um, there's something we're doing for the stands. We like to give uh, player focuses. So this week, we're going to talk about um, the standout player. I want to ask you guys who your standout player for the um, quarterfinal round is and which player disappointed you the most. So I'll go first. And sorry, wait, sorry. is it for the overall? Like, no, just for the quarterfinal. Second, second leg? No, overall, overall. Well, okay. Okay, so I'm going to go first. And then um, for me, it's the most impressive player was um, Neymar Jr. I feel like Neymar, I don't feel, I feel like God hasn't created the human being that can man mark Neymar for 180 minutes. Like it's almost impossible. And in my opinion, he's the most talented, most naturally talented footballer of all time. Like this guy's had so many injuries over the last um, four or five years. And he's still playing at that level seamlessly. I mean, he has hardly played this um, 2021. And that performance against Bayern Munich was just like effortless. He didn't miss a beat. And he really impressed me and actually gave me a lot of stick because, um, you know, I tried to compare him with Salah and all that. But they're not on the same level, to be honest with you. And um, Neymar was my standard player. My most disappointing, oh, player, my most disappointing player is someone... Um, I really, really like, which is what disappointed me the most about him, is uh, Leroy Sane. And this is because I feel like, in my opinion, Sane was the best young player in the world. Like, I felt like I was ahead of the curve, picking him as my um, wonder kid, you know, because everyone is going for Mbappe and your Felix and Haaland. I was like, no, Sane is the guy because he's pacey. He has skill. Left foot, right foot can take you anywhere. Like, I feel like he was that guy, but... This was his state. This, this was the stage to turn up, and he just didn't turn up. And um, yeah, I was really disappointed in him. But um, that's my best and worst player for the Champions League um, quarterfinal. So, uh, Twale, you give me yours and try and make it as brief as possible so other people can uh, go in as well. Um, yeah, I think we're kind of simply. I'll go Neymar, best player over both legs. Sensational two assists in the first leg. A host of other chances, same applies for the second leg, was sensational in the second leg, and rightly was named UEFA player of the week. I think of the round, I think he's my best player overall over the two legs. Worst player probably come from the same tie, probably I'll say Leroy Sane, because there was no Gnabry, no Robert Lewandowski, and you expected, I mean, he made all the force to leave Manchester City. Bayern spent big on him to go come back home to Germany. And nights like this, you expect, I mean, you expect something to click. And overall, both legs, he, it just didn't happen for him. Whether it was luck or whether it just isn't there yet, I don't know. But 
he was real disappointing. So those are my best and worst performance from the quarterfinals. Okay, um, Ibuka, what about you? Okay, um, so for my best player in the quarterfinal, it's very straightforward for me, Phil Foden. Um, Phil Foden has the world at his feet. He, his, his potential is crazy. He can go right to the very top. Um, I think Pep is the right manager to get him to that level. I'm very proud of him for how he's stepping up and long may that continue. Except if they get to the final, then please let him just have a bad game. <laughs> My most disappointing player. Um, so initially, I would have said Haaland. I know it's not like Haaland was that poor, but let me just go to my actual person, and that is Sadio Mane. Um, Sadio Mane has struggled recently, and you, we, we, people talk about um, the whole Mane and Salah arguments. And over the years, from day one when Salah came into Liverpool, I have always supported Salah because maybe because he played for Chelsea anyway. But then you see um, when Mane gets a run of form, like maybe three, four, five games where he's scoring and everybody goes, oh, he's actually better than Salah, but Salah is, Salah is selfish, Salah is this. But then if you check the stats, goals, assists, <laughs> Salah flaws him in everything. And not just that, in, even in the way he approaches the game, I think that, um, I think that Salah is... Uh, Salah is a lot better. And Mane was disappointed in both legs, as far as I'm concerned. He has been disappointed for a while. Liverpool needed him to step up because he wasn't just going to be Salah doing everything. And unfortunately for them, Sadi Mane was not to be found. All right. Um, Kenny, what about you? Well, um, I think my best player will probably go to Neymar. He was amazing. It was it was so fun to watch. You know, you know, he, he literally just took us back to the old days, and he was amazing. Basically, he was amazing. And yeah, my worst pick will probably be between Sunny and maybe Mane. Yeah, but I, I, I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards Sunny because he was blunt, predictable. You know. He was, we needed him to step up and he couldn't perform. So, it's sunny for me. Sunny for me. All right. And uh, finally, Jeffrey. Uh, so, um, my best player goes to Real Madrid star Trent Alexander Arnold. So, he started I knew, he I created knew fantastic <laughs> attack. He created fantastic attack for his team. <laughs> He he put the, he assisted. Um, I remember him assisting. Was it Asensio's goal? Like, all oh, fantastic all round performance. He was he was pivotal for for Madrid's attack. Then uh, I I I miss him. Best player is Neymar. Um, Foden and Foden and Bellingham get like the honorable mentions. But yeah, my best performer was Neymar. Like, he he showed why he's the Air to the drone. Like in my opinion, he is the, he he is the best player in the world right now. Like shout out Messi, you know. But it's it's time to put it down, old man. Like it's Neymar's time. You saw you saw what he was capable of. Like he's 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 passing, he's he's dribbling, he shoots in. Like forget that he he wasn't able to get a goal. That he was not able to get a goal or anything. Um, he puts in an excellent performance. Like. Any any other day could have gone like two three goals. So yeah, that's Neymar for me. Then my worst performer, as much as I want to give it to Trent, or rather my most disappointing performer, as much as I want to give it to Trent, I probably should give it to Trent. I'm gonna have to say Sunny. Sunny has been my boy. Like I've always loved him because it's just his explosiveness is mad. It's like every he he could he would take you outside. He will take you inside. He could finish, and he, he will leave everyone for dead. It's like he, he, he was just an all-action winger. Yeah, not not none of these goal-scoring wingers or anything. He was just a proper proper winger. So I was expecting him to do better to um, elevate when he went to Bayern. But let's all be fair to him as well. Like ACL injuries are a career changing. So. I'm not gonna write him off yet. I'm gonna give him like another season and a half. Yeah, but yeah, Sunny, Sunny was, excuse me, 
Sonny was my most disappointing um, player at this time. Okay, um, obviously, Ibuka, I got to see Chelsea, I got to win there. Quarter the semi-final, so I won't ask you. So Jeffrey, who do you think will win PSG, Chelsea versus Real Madrid? Sorry. Football heritage. Okay. Um, Kenny, what about you? Um, Madrid, Chelsea, in my opinion, do not you know have the experience at that level. Just... Okay. What about, what about Manchester versus um, PSG? Be honest, man. PSG, man. If you beat Bayern, you win the, the, the Champions League. So PSG. <laughs> um, Twali, what about you? Um, what Champions League semi-final first Chelsea? Um, smash Chelsea, obviously. Yeah. No like I, I'm not here to play, to play 2012 fairy tales or all that. Wait, <laughs> is Real Madrid is the place who are 13 time champions of Europe, four times in five years, three in three. We're running it back. One last dance with the gang with Ramos, Cruz, Modric, Benzema. So sorry about all 2012 reruns, bro. It's not happening. All dreams are going to die. <laughs> We're winning Champions League. As for Manchester City v PS, that should be a very interesting game. Uh, personally, I would say PSG. I think I don't know. I think PSG have what it takes, and I'm personally not because I think PSG are more fragile, or not. Neither am I having effects of last season. Manchester beating us in the one-off final. A few will beat any of those two in ninety minutes, but I think as a spectacle, PSG. Some I mean, I fancy playing against Neymar and Mbappe. Mrs. Ramos and Varane should be something worthy of the of the entrance fund. So. I'm going for a PSG Real Madrid final, Real Madrid to win the whole thing. Okay, and uh, finally, Ebuka, what about you? Well, it's uh, 2021, it's the year of destiny, so I'll go with Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea will win the Champions League. I don't know who Chelsea will play in the final, I honestly don't care, because it's not going to change anything, so yeah. Okay, um, I want to... Uh... I would like Chelsea to win Real Madrid, you know, but I think Real Madrid would win. And the only reason why I would want Chelsea to win is just, just so you can have your heart broken on the last day. Like, that would be very delicious. Um, for, PSG oh, wow. <laughs> for PSG versus Man City, I would go with them. Um, I want PSG to win, but I think Man City will go through just because of the uh, tactical brilliance of uh, Pep Guardiola. So, uh, yeah, this is the end of this week's episode. If you've made it this far, make sure you subscribe, share to your friends and your football lovers, group chats everywhere. Anyway, you can uh, help support this podcast. And we'll be having a new logo soon. And I think it might be rolling out with this episode. So I hope you like it. And uh, thank you very much for all your support. I really appreciate it. For me and the team, it's a good night. And I hope you have a nice week. Peace.